0: This episode was brought to you by Autograph Events, our sponsor.
1: Thank you for joining The Crody Files.
0: I'm Craig Bryson.
1: And I'm Jody Mears.
0: And together we're The Crody Files. Episode 2 How to become an executive assistant. Listen to the end to hear from one of our listeners who shares her experience on how she became an assistant. Finally, we will share our tips on what skills you need to succeed in the role.
1: So in this second episode, we're going to discuss how do you become an executive assistant? Sounds simple, doesn't it?
0: Uh, Yes.
1: It's really difficult, actually, this question of how do you become. So we're going to talk about the skills and attributes that you may already have and you don't even realize it that you can use as a transferable skill to go into our profession. So if your burning desire is for organizing Maybe a bit of writing. You love to write. Yeah. Um,
0: You like working with people.
1: You've got to be a people person. Definitely. A great communicator. Yeah. An effective communicator. You have that customer service mindset. And by that, don't always think that I mean an external customer. You can think of your internal team of your customer. So having that service-orientated mindset of delivering projects, delivering tasks on time, delivering them well, delivering them to their remit. You could pretty much use any job that you've previously had, such as maybe, I don't know, travel agency? Yeah. um, Events. Events organizer. Oh, yes. Um, I think there's elements in most jobs that will lead you to become an executive assistant, if that's what you want to choose. And like with my story, I don't think that in the high schools there's enough focus on administrative professionals as a career of choice.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I didn't know anything about EA, PA, VA, all that at no, school.
1: It really wasn't a thing. It was never mentioned. I mean, in those days, the word secretary, yes. that was more of an option, but it was never from my recollection, it was never really presented to like a fifteen, sixteen-year-old no. as, or you know, a career of choice. Would you like to become a secretary? You always imagined that to be someone who's a bit older, you know, and you'd go into that profession later on in life. Yeah, I wish, I wish that someone would have guided me better. Did at you? The career.
0: Did you know during World War Two? II- Men were executive assistants, but when they were needed on the front line, the typing pool secretaries would step into their roles. Uh, So it has changed tremendously. It
1: really has. Because at that stage as well, I mean, my grandmother, love her, God rest her soul. um, She went on a secretary course. She had so many typewriters in her house. (laughs) Actually, we've got a couple now. We kept some and she always used to get me practicing. I loved playing on the typewriter with the ribbon and the sound of the typewriter. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. She did a secretary course and that got paired with a shorthand course. Oh, that's right. Who does shorthand?
0: And and all audio typing as well. You know, sort of typing while listening to somebody talking on a dictaphone because now you just plug it into the laptop and then actually rewrites it for you. I
2: think
1: that is still um, used and required maybe in the medical profession. Oh. You know, with consultants writing up their notes, they will dictate it through a dictaphone Uh, and there's still some use for it. But how do you get into administrative assistance now? I would say definitely home in. If it's from now in 2023, home in on your IT knowledge and your IT skills, they really have got to be up there. Would you agree?
0: I agree. I totally agree.
1: If you're not keeping up with the technology or even just knowing about it for now, if you're not keeping up, you're going to be left behind.
0: Yeah. And also learning shortcuts like, you know, control C, control V. That's a time saver. And it just saves more time when doing a project that it's got a deadline. You need to do this. I just find that's also very helpful.
1: Sustain on top of technology, advancing technology for administrative professionals and anything to do with admin, really. Thank you. IT is the one for me. You really need to be proficient with IT. And I mean, this is all going to like be very subjective and personal to you, but I'm finding the Word, Excel, PowerPoint, they're not something that you should be aspiring to learn more. You should already know that. Yeah. They're just fundamentals. You should already know Word, Excel, PowerPoint as a bare minimum to come into this profession.
0: But I also find that uh, Google Mail and Outlook Mail totally different. Totally so, yeah, it's different. different skills. I struggle if I'm going to use Google Mail. i learned Outlook and I know Outlook inside out. So it's difficult. So make sure you're in the position that you're going to go into that you know what skills you have.
2: Right.
1: And if your company only uses Outlook, there's no harm in you using Google, for example, as your personal um, email and platform of choice to always know and have that starting knowledge of it should you ever change companies. You already have a basic understanding of a software that you haven't been working on. But yeah, I know about it. I know how to get myself going with the basics because I use Gmail for my personal email, for example. I think, yeah, the IT for sure. Your confidence to be able to speak with people.
0: Uh, That's a big plus. Mm.
1: Relationship building.
0: Yeah, networking.
1: Networking.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's internal.
1: We're not suggesting that, you know, at age 16 you start trying to network in the city And it really is a daunting thing. So networking can mean, again, it's subjective. It can mean a lot of things. What we're talking about is how to get into the profession, what things help us. Networking, oh my goodness, in the last only maybe three or four years, I've become so thankful for my networking because it has opened my eyes tenfold to information To influencers in our industry, to um, membership platforms that I had no idea existed.
0: Yeah, and it's a nice community. Unless you've worked as an assistant or in the support staff, you don't know what it's like. You have to be in it to understand because when somebody's struggling, you have an EA or an assistant go, Can I give you a hand? Two hands are better than one, and they quickly help out. And if you don't know something, reach out to your network and everybody comes fighting back with answers and quick tips.
1: Absolutely. So internal network. Yeah. So if you're new to an organization, make it your point to go and introduce yourself. I know it can be really like awkward <laughs> where you think, hi, I'm Jodie. Yeah, I just started. But really when you feel comfortable, go around to those departments, network internally, let people know you're there what you're there to do and how you can benefit each other. Network internally first. Um, build those relationships within the business. Get to know the business once you've actually got this role. But we go back slightly to how do you become. So I would say draw on your skills and knowledge of being that customer-driven, support oriented professional. Remain professional all the time. All the time. Yeah, it really is key. Learn your IT up front
0: I and
1: always, I mean, this is what we're here to do, right, is yeah. share the knowledge and never stop learning.
0: Every single day you learn something new.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard quite a few times, I don't know about you, Um, I've spoken to so many administrative professionals and there are a few that will have this mindset of, I've been doing what I've been doing for years. I don't. I've pretty much maxed out. I don't actually need to learn anything else. Uh, What I don't know is not relevant. What do you think about that? I,
0: I think that's wrong. I think there's always place time to learn new things.
1: You don't know what you don't know.
0: No, exactly.
1: I mean, I can only talk from my experience as well. Yeah. So once I knew how to access the networks, the influencers in our areas, the advocates for our profession... Once I start hearing and listening and reading, a whole new world opened up to me for (laughs) administrative professionals. I I suddenly thought, oh my goodness, thank you for everyone for bringing me to this point in my life where the doors are open, the light bulb is on, the light is shining, and I now know, do you know what? This is actually a thing. It is. I am good at my job. This is a career. It this is, a, is career. a thing. And I'm gonna own it. Yeah. Owning what you do with pride and passion. And
0: confidence.
1: And confidence. And if you're not confident, try and help yourself to gain that confidence. And we can this is a whole new episode.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. A, new episode. a whole new episode
1: <laughs> <laughs> on how your confidence and how you perceive yourself and how you talk to yourself in your mind really matters. And once you're comfortable in your own mind, your thoughts, your skin, everything, be comfortable with just you. Yes. This big weight off your shoulder is going to be lifted. Your confidence will go up. Your knowledge will expand because you've exposed yourself purposely yeah. to learning new things that actually aid you in this role you've been in for 25 years you're going to be able to add something new to the business. I agree.
0: I agree. And also, you know, first impressions always count. So when you walk into a room, having that confidence, you know, people go, okay, this is a person I can trust with my life and my work. And your exec is like, yeah, I okay, care. I'm really happy with this person. Mm-hmm. It's all about trust with the exec that you work with.
1: And the, the trust in your own persona. I agree. You can literally see people, see those people walk through the door and you automatically know... He's got
0: this. He's got this. He's yeah. got this. <laughs> or she.
1: So we covered quite a lot there, Craig.
0: Yes, we have. We
1: really did on how how do you become an executive assistant, but also how do you become any administrative assistant because of the vast amount of job titles job out topic, there. So yeah. how do you become an assistant? So our top tips for this episode what are they, Craig? What have you personally taken away from our conversation today?
0: I think um, transferable skills. I oh, think yes. you need to, you know, write down what do you have that you've learned so far that you can transfer them into the new role that you're going into. Definitely. Confidence?
1: Confidence, 100%. And it doesn't have to be cringy confidence. It's your own confidence level that enables you to communicate effectively, to ask questions, to understand the role and understand the part you play within the business and having that confidence, Yes.
2: knowing
1: that you could do this and you fully understand what you're going to be employed to do. So how to become an executive assistant is look at all of your transferable skills, your confidence, your personal attributes, what you can bring to the role, and of course, technology.
0: Technology, that's right.
1: Top tip, learn Word, Excel, PowerPoint as an absolute minimum and keep on top of all emerging technologies.
0: Yeah, and also I think typing skills, because I've noticed some people use two fingers to type. If you Do you use think all... that matters? I do. I can quickly type without looking at the keyboard. My and I grandmother I can quite, quite quickly.
1: would love you. She learned touch typing. <laughs> whatever's comfortable for you, I think is. But try for and you. yeah, you definitely. If you need to have a typing speed, I'm not sure of the style that is important. Yeah, but you will see job descriptions that do require a minimum typing speed. So get up to date with your technology, brush up on your typing skills and typing speed. And really look for those jobs and roles out there that appeal to you. What really floats your boat when you look at a job role? Understand your why, why you want that role. Don't just apply for the money or the location. Try and look at every single job description and imagine yourself already in the role.
0: Yeah. I really want it it. I don't think you should focus on, oh, that's the salary I want. That's the job mm. I want. Because you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. You don't want to be put into a job where you think, oh, I'm in deep water here. I think start off slowly, especially if you've just left school or, you know, you're starting a new career. Start off uh, slowly and then work your way up. I always prefer starting from the bottom because then as you get to the top, you know where everything is just installed. I know where the dustpan is. I know where this I is. I love you know, that. You know, you, you don't have, oh, well, I'm... I, top of my game. Love I that, go
1: Craig. Straight, yeah. As I say, we started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah.
0: The Creative Files is brought to you by Autograph Events.
1: Autograph Events are the experts in providing a complete event management
0: solution. What do they offer?
1: Free global venue finding through to full on site event management, executive away days, retreats, team building, and off site meetings.
0: Great, how will they help administrative assistance.
1: They offer that extra pair of hands, a bit like the assistant's assistant. They understand how we like to work, which is the best part. So next time you have any event to arrange, big or small, email events at autograph-events.co.uk, quoting Crody Files 2023 for a brochure, and to find out how they can help you. Plus, They have a very special personal reward for all of our listeners.
0: We have one of our lovely listeners, Karen, who has shared her experience on how she became an EA. I can relate to this message and I'm sure that a few of our listeners out there would agree how family circumstances can change the course of your career, a new chapter in a new country. Thank you, Karen, for sharing your story with us. Plus, Jodie and I, shall share our knowledge in answering Aldo's question. Thank you for sending your question then.
2: I did not go through school thinking I wanted to be an executive assistant and to be honest, when I left school, I did not have a clue what I wanted to do. So I decided to take a couple of years off of travel and backpack and on my return to South Africa, I realised I needed to get a job. I took the first job available, which was a 10th position as a receptionist. While there, I decided to teach myself everything I could about the various software packages on the computer. Once the job ended, armed with the skills I taught myself in a candid attitude, I took on another receptionist position. I was with that company four months when the MD's PA left rather abruptly. I offered to take on the position on a trial basis and was with the company eight years as the PA to the MD. I loved everything about the role. It was nothing like I believed it would be at school. It was not just typing on trink phones, it was managing diaries, being the MD's gatekeeper, building relationships with clients, booking travel, arranging events, and that was just a fraction of what I was doing. When my husband and I decided to immigrate to the UK, there was no hesitation on my side to take on another PA role with a company. The magic of being a PAEA is that your skills are transferable, you can go from one country to another, and work in one industry and then move to a completely different industry. If you show a willingness to take on new tasks and challenges to learn and develop, have a genuine interest in people and organize, then the sky is the limit.
0: Hi, Crowdy. I keep seeing on LinkedIn, so many networks advertising their services and some are like a subscription or a club. Can you explain the benefits of such clubs in the admin world?
1: Thanks, Aldo, for that question. This is one of my favorite questions, actually, networks. Um, Oh, my goodness. I love networking. Um, Networking, I have to say, is the biggest change that I made to my personal and professional development. Um, it Yeah, it really brought me out of my shell only a few years ago as well. And it wasn't until I started to network that I started to see some major changes wow. in myself. But there are so many networking platforms, memberships, networking options yeah, to are. choose from. Once you pull on <laughs> that piece of string... You're yeah. never going to end. It really depends on what works for you and what you're looking for. But I know, Craig, you absolutely love a networking event. You are the networking <laughs> king of the city. So you go ahead and explain why you love I networking do enjoy so
0: networking. Much. It's also meeting other people. I'm very much a people person. I always think, oh, this person is amazing. I want to be a part of that sort of network. And you enjoy the energy, the uh The great opportunities that you get through a networking, you share ideas, maybe sometimes you're looking for a job. So, you know, it leads to opportunities, mentorships and friendships. And I really enjoy that energy. I really struggled during lockdown when that didn't happen and it's just over, you know, Zoom. Mm. It's (laughs) Nothing happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, There's so many opportunities and it's not just about when we mention opportunity, don't think opportunity for a job. My biggest piece of advice is don't leave networking to when you need it the most. You really need to build it up because it's not easy. Sometimes it's not comfortable, but like with anything, ride in a bike, just start and it will all naturally fall into place. But first decide what do you want out of networking? Why do you think you need to network? Um, Because that will determine what, Network you join or follow or subscribe to. For instance, there's so many. Like you open that door a little bit and then it blings open, and you've got a million choices. So, do you want in person meetups? Do you want learning and development opportunities? Are you prepared to pay for a network? Are you prepared to invest in yourself? Or do you just want to ease yourself into it and join a network that just produces a newsletter once a week or once a month and see how it goes. Decide what you want from it. And by the way, if any of our listeners want any further tips and advice, um, just email Craig and yeah. I, right, Craig? We could take this offline. We are 100% behind networking. So if you need some bespoke one-on-one yeah. advice, do get in contact with us either through our LinkedIn page or email or web and and via the website. Yeah, I also find that networking can
0: give those people who are feeling isolated and they're overwhelmed by your Mm. job or that you can just reach out to your network and say, can we have a cup of coffee? I just want to sort of, you know, share some things with you that I don't understand. I reach out to networks a lot and I have a lot of their reaching out to me, you know, sharing the knowledge. And also for the paid networks, you get discounted products and you save money. Yeah, perks, on, perks and discounts.
1: And sometimes for personal use as well, no. not just for your company. So not only can you say, "Me being part of this network enables me to get some great contacts, a company discount," but also it makes me feel good because I might get, you know, ten percent off a private meal or something else. It just makes you feel good yeah. about. And networking. if you don't
0: know what network to join, why not create? Well, for yourself, yeah, I think, you know, idea. if you've got quite a few EAs within your internal company, you know, the company and all your internal EAs, you can sort of suggest, well, let's have a coffee at lunch, or well, let's go to a restaurant around the corner, they're doing a happy hour, so why don't you just arrange one? You have to put a lot of time and work to make it work. You can't just expect it all to just to come out.
1: You've got to want to get people together. You've got to spur people on and um, explain to them the benefits of us huddling together. And even if you've only got three or four PAs, EAs in your company, maybe you're the only one in your country and you want to reach out to someone in the US or Canada. You know, you can get together and internally network. What you're going to gain from it is more understanding of who you're working for. You're going to share best practices you're going to be able to use each other as a soundboard like what do you do in concur when this happens or what do you do in word when this happens having that backup and even if you don't have it like you said at the start craig um leaning on the network that you've already joined and having your tribe behind you i've had amazing results and amazing successes by reaching out to my network globally who have come back to me in what feels like milliseconds to an answer to a, a massive problem yeah. that I've had at work and they've helped me they're not in the same company as me a problem shared is a
0: problem solved
1: <laughs> oh I love and, that yeah and the learning and development yes. is more tailor-made once you've found yeah, your I, tribe I agree. don't you i and
0: also if you're in a little town uh just somewhere in the world and in- You can go to your dentist or your pharmacy and you see a receptionist there and say you know what i'm an ea as well why don't we just meet up and create a little coffee and meet up for lunch and so you can sort of meet other people in other business and then to create your own sort of ea community that way as well
1: yeah and then as i say once you start looking for these on particularly linkedin that's where i found the um the door opening for networks that you would just be inundated with options once you start looking, you're going to find your tribe, find the people that do your job elsewhere globally. And it's really lovely how it we is. We I, to I, together, I've never been in think. another
0: community that comes together and helps each other so well as the mm. open support community.
1: Yeah, and don't be afraid to ask for um, funding from your company Definitely. under the learning and development budget. If a network requires a membership, it's a few hundred pounds a year. Always ask if they have um, a business justification letter to show your manager to say, this is the return on investment on me joining a professional network to help me in my job and with myself. Don't be afraid. If you are afraid and you're not quite there yet, again, get in touch with Craig and I. Just ask, what's the (laughs) worst that can happen? So that's all we have today and thank you for listening. In our third episode, we should be discussing how to ace your interview, administrative assistant style. We would love to hear from you. Please like and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And why not share your thoughts with us on our LinkedIn page, The Crody Files, or visit craigandjodie.com.
0: I'm Craig Bryson.
1: And I'm Jody Mears. And, and together,
0: together, we, we are, are, the are The Crody, Crody Files. Files. This episode was brought to you by Autograph Events, our sponsor.